Hello, hey, hi, how you doing? It's the Jersey Nerds with episode number one of the Stranger Nerds podcast. Mitchell Lee, Connor Vandemark, Tommy Grant, and Nick Izzo making his first appearance on the podcast. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Guys, it begins. Two of us have seen this uh, lovely Netflix show, and the other half have been in the dark. Nick, completely in the dark. Connor, he's kind of cheated and, you know, watched some on the couch and then left and then came back the next season and watched a little bit and he's actually getting to go no from a literary standpoint from a literary standpoint connor's the guy who reads the last page of a book and says i know what's going on i know the gist of the story he's the one that's like nah tell me everything i love spoilers (laughs) that is first off incorrect it's more so the fact that i never i was always kind of interested in the show but more so never got around to watching things watching it itself and like in the entirety and once i just didn't start up and catch up to everybody else i was like all right screw it like it's it, that's a when it comes to tv that is a common occurrence for me i'm usually with you on that as well but this was one that everyone was just bugging me and bugging me to the point where i lived with people that were like i'm gonna put this on when the seat when the second season starts so you need to watch the first season or it's going to get spoiled for you so i'm like all right let's turn on season one and i binged season one a few days before season two came out and then i've just been watching it when they come out uh tommy have you kind of been the same as far as watching them when they come out or did you catch up at some point i i fell in love with stranger things i watched it when it first came out and Every season I rewatched it before the new season would come out. Um, I don't think I'll do it again this time because season four is just a bear to get through in terms of length. It's just like hour and a half, two hour episodes. It's crazy. That was but the nice thing about watching this. I'm like, ah, 46 minutes. Yeah, it's think, nice. You know, three of those were credits, or I think it's 49 minutes, but 46 without the credits. So I'm like, ah, very concise episodes obviously everyone looks a lot younger it looks a little bit more low budget kind of like something in the 80s more of what it's going for as opposed to the uh the big budgeted shows that we get in the later seasons but let's go ahead and get this thing started let's get some kind of ground rules out there for kind of what people can expect when listening to our episode reviews rants whatever you want to call it for the stranger nerds podcast so i think we've all agreed that spoilers are fair game for the episodes that we will be talking about if you are listening to this then either you don't care about spoilers in which case the hell's wrong with you or two you've already watched and you kind of want to follow along maybe get yourself ready for the uh the season that's about to be coming out writer strike just ended The actor's strike might be coming up soon, too, so that might be on the horizon. So, everybody uh, good to go with those those rules? Yeah, if you haven't watched it by now, now's the time to keep track along. Watch episode by episode with us, and if you still haven't watched it and you're listening to this, get out from under the rock that you're living under. (laughs) All right, (laughs) season one, episode one, called Chapter One, The Vanishing of Will Byers. 
let me let me go ahead and start with the two people that have not watched this before. Opening 10, 15 minutes of the show. What are your first vibes? What are you what are you first thinking? Your first few moments into this uh this new television program. Um I definitely enjoyed the 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 suspense I started out with. I was like, oh, it kind of like mine's like reminded me of one of those like uh introductions to like a like a murder TV show. Like like, oh, here is here is the murder or something to happen that like tries the suspense. But like it trans like it transferring over to um who who is the was it Mike is the one the one the DM for the uh, Dungeon and Dragons game? Yes. Um, yes. Yes. Him him doing the whole no play up in that as a DM. I thought it was very well played. Like making that transition from the the pre the the event of whatever you no know, got the doctor dude. Uh, I don't know who it was. The scientist, and then going right into that. And I thought it was, I thought it was a very nice transition and. No, you can definitely see, like, no, even as a first episode, as like the characters do play well, the, like each each of the actors portray their character very well. Like, no, working with it, I thought it was very very well done. Yeah, I think uh, I think for me, for the first uh, fifteen minutes, uh, confusion because I never <laughs> I never saw it. So, you know, just trying to learn everybody's names and. Uh, you know, try and get along with the story. Um, you know, I thought the Dungeons and Dragons was cool. Um, I never played it, but, you know, to see, you know, them kind of play it in the 80s. And then, like Connor said, um, you know, the whole transition, I thought, um, at least for the first 15, 20 minutes, it 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 hooked me enough to watch the rest of it. Um, and for, for somebody who doesn't uh, really go with the flow of watching shows that everybody else watches um i can say that i was actually pleasantly surprised because usually I'll when someone tells me to watch a show i tell them i'll add it to the list and then i never watch it yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> haven't we all so the list to, is too uh, long at this point there's not enough time that's that's the thing it's just there's never enough time so to to finally sit down and be like okay I gotta watch I this. Mean, I gotta see what's going on. It was, uh, yeah, like I said, it was, it was, it was pleasantly surprising. I, I loved how they started this show. I mean, the Duff, the Duffer Brothers were going for '80s nostalgia, and they hit it hard on the head just oh, like yeah. that. You start with, you know, literally just a stormy night, Hawkins, Indiana, nineteen eighty-three. You zoom in on a government facility. It's always the goddamn government facilities <laughs> doing some sketchy, doing some sketchy shit back in those days. Alarms going off, lights flickering, shit went down. You don't know what happened, and it's like about two minutes later, bam! You're in a basement with a group of kids just playing D and D. Like the vibes were so all over the place in that first couple scenes. But yeah. I loved and how they very started. You, you knew you were going into a roller coaster of a show with how they started it off. Right, right. If it, it felt that way, and it also felt simple. And just the fact that it's just, you know, these kids playing, you know, a board game. So I thought well, they had a lot of the the young kids, which I'm just always caught off guard by how young they looked, because, again, this has been a series that this started seven years ago yeah. now. So they were, what, 11, 12 years old 
maybe a little older when this started. Something something like that. But they've always had really good chemistry. And it, it, it was nice just being thrown right back into it at the beginning before other things happen. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to hold my tongue on a lot of stuff. That's going to be a very difficult <laughs> part of this. It's just holding my tongue. But it, it was nice to see where everything began before things get complex. This is definitely, like you said, Nick, simple. This is the season where things, and, and you know, this episode is the most like, all right, well, it's um, almost like it's called The Vanishing of Will Byers, but it might as well be called Welcome to Hawkins because yes. it's giving you the layout of the land right? and who, who our players are going to be. I'll say this too, because um, again, like I have a spotty relationship with the show because I really haven't seen the, the characters young before. Especially, like, I have, like, some episodes that I've seen of season four, which is, again, weird compared to everybody else. But seeing these seeing these actors when they were first starting as children, it was definitely like a whiplash of, like, holy crap, they're babies. And the first but, uh, thing was... I ever saw Finn Wolfhard in was It. And then I actually which watched I think, Stranger I think Things. It came out after Stranger Things, if I'm correct. Yes. It came I think Stranger out, Things is what launched a lot of their careers. Stranger Things came out in the summer of 2016. It came out in September of 2017. And then season two came out Halloween of 2017. So in between watching It and, uh, and when Stranger Things 2 came out, I watched the first Stranger Things. So Finn Wolfhard uh, had, had a good year as far as I'm concerned in uh, 2016 as well as 2017. Uh, But Will Byers goes missing, obviously. Vanishing of Will Byers, kind of the catalyst of the first episode. And I forgot just how resourceful it seemed that he was when he had this thing chasing after him. You know, he found bullets. He found a gun in his... uh, Was it his dad's shed, or was it just the shed at... uh, his mom's house. I couldn't quite remember. The louder. Um, His parents are divorced, so it's, it's basically the family right. shut out back. Yeah. Um, I think, I think it was then, the mom's house, though. And but you know what? I give, I give him so much credit because every monster in every ghost movie, you get the person that just runs, falls over, and trips. Sits behind a, sits behind a closet door, with heavy breathing and, and crying. <laughs> this kid went straight for the fucking gun. I was like, yes, attaboy Will. <laughs> it didn't work out, though. He it still... didn't work out, but he, he at least held his own. He said, I wasn't going down easy. Yeah, no, see, the uh... fact that he, he knew how to hold it, too. Like, I, I know I know. probably Tommy looks for these kind of things whenever, like, <laughs> you know, a military thing gets shown. But, like, you kind of look for, like, the way that people, like, Hold weapons and, for, you know, for a middle schooler like holding a rifle under that kind of chaos and fear. Yeah. He did pretty well. Yeah, yeah, he did, he did pretty. I was surprised. I was like, but actually, contrary to uh, you know the facts, he did not do very well because he still got taken. So no, he did not do well, Tommy. Which was well, it was foreshadowed earlier in the D and D game. The Demogorgon got him. They foreshadowed that right away at the end of that D and D game. And then we get to meet uh, we get to meet Joyce and Johnny, 
Uh, it's I don't know, they call him Jonathan, but I call it's him Jonathan. Jonathan. He's so yeah, he's a Jonathan. He doesn't have an endearing <laughs> nickname. Charlie Heaton. He just always looks like he just got done masturbating. Told you he's, know he's, that was, he's always yeah, that's oh, you know, like the comparison. just like flop <laughs> sweat just all over this guy all the time. Um, well, he, and he is kind of help running the household. He's a stressed out kid. And Winona Ryder, who you want to talk about someone being stressed out? My God, this is this is the Winona Ryder being stressed out season, and it definitely begins here. Um, I she's always been a favorite of mine, and in this episode, she she's basically just panicked the whole time. But I, that, that's kind of all she gets to do all season, as far as I remember. Yeah, it, she is the perfect mom for '80s nostalgia because she was in so many big movies back in the '80s. You know, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, uh, Edward Scissorhands. Uh, I forget what else she was in, but I mean, perfect actress fit for that role. And her acting was just great when she gets that phone call when she's on the phone with Jim Hopper, and she's just trying to hold it together, thinking, "Oh, my kid maybe just went to school early that day." She and was she's just slowly riding losing. Jonathan's ass though. Like, oh, why didn't you check that he was here? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? And My biggest like, gripe with that whole that whole situation is they waited till morning to check to see if Will was even home. Yes. Jonathan got home and boys both got home that. well after. No one checked his room to say, oh, hey, is Will yep. asleep? No. And his door was open. Yes. So it's not like, oh, his door is closed. Maybe he's asleep. No, his door was open. Some parents I'm surprised, though. As a now parent, it, it just it hurt me watching that. I'm like, you like, why would you not check? Like, you get home from work, you check the rooms, you make sure everybody's yeah. home before you just pass right. out for the night. You take attendance. I'm not, I'm not surprised though, because I can definitely see them both. You no, know, as you can definitely tell early on, money's tight for that family, and they're both trying to make cash for the family, make sure they have a roof over their head, and. Them being tired of shit and going right to bed does not shock me whatsoever. Like, I've seen that dynamic before where they're just, you no know, so dragged out and, you no know, run down from whatever they're doing, you no know, whatever job they're working, that there's, like, they just assume that the other person's done what they're supposed to do and just go on, go out their merry day. Well, that's the first life lesson that Stranger Things has taught us. Take attendance before you go to bed. Check the rooms. Do you, do you guys have any? Do you guys have any early favorites in this bunch? Early um, favorites. Jim Hopper. Um, yeah, I would say probably him, and uh, for me, probably, probably Dustin. Um, yep. But, Toothless. Uh, being, My boy. Being just being just one episode in. Oh. Um, you know, I'm I'm curious for myself if that's going to change, but. I would say definitely those two to uh, to start. Oh, who's who's the um? Was it Lucas? Is the other one that's not the DM? Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, he's cool. So I, li- I like Stranger him. Things version of the Losers Club. If you want to make that it comparison, you've got Mike, Lucas, Will, and Dustin. Yeah, those I like are kind Lucas. of your core four for the the show. Luke, Lucas is like just like. He's such such a like the trash talker of the group though. 
Yeah. And like it's it's great. And Dustin's kind of music kid. I was always cursing, just son of a bitch. Every other line. Yes, son of a bitch. Yes, yes <laughs> I can confirm this. That was absolutely true. Yes. Uh, I favorite, still do curse all the time if you guys haven't haven't been able to tell. <laughs> you haven't really gone cold turkey on it as far as I'm concerned. But I'm not really asking you to. So more than fine with it. I, I think I agree with you, Tommy, and a lot of that is just because uh a lot of these characters it feels like there's still so much well of course there's a lot more to get to i think hopper is the one that's given the most sense of humor but also the one that you feel like could get the most done a lot of these characters are kind of powerless to their situation and it's not until lucas decides hey uh we need to try to go find will because i don't think anybody else is going to that was Mike. Well, Lucas and Mike kind of both come together. They're like, hey, this is something that we need to do. And they end up making that choice. And so I think we need to backtrack a second here to one of the greatest lines of the show. Is morning is for coffee and contemplation. Yeah. That is just, <laughs> that's just the theme of my life. Every day yeah. I go to work, that's that the mentality true. I have. If I have my coffee in my hand, give me 10 minutes to just relax. If I don't have my coffee, don't even bother me until I have it. I've never that, been a coffee person, so I can't, I can't quite relate. But Ugh, I, I, as someone who lives with a coffee person, I do understand the mentality of just like, look, if I don't have my coffee yet, why are you in my face? Why are you talking to me unless you're bringing me my coffee? <laughs> And as chief of police, I mean, you see it. The second he walks in, he, first of all, he wakes up, he brushes his teeth, then he has a cigarette and a beer. I'm like, what a great way to start the morning, first off. <laughs> like, that's just... Learn so much about the guy right, right from and the get-go. You know, you get to work late. Everybody's like, where the hell have you been? His poor secretary is just slamming him with problems, and he's just like, fuck off, let me have my coffee. And then, bam, enters the room to stress out joy. It's just jumping down his throat those damn gnomes too <laughs> oh my God. Oh, gnomes. that was funny as shit it's just like the perfect like midwest small town kind of vibe is gnomes being stolen and when he goes an owl mistook this woman's hair as a nest those are the biggest problems <laughs> we've had it's just oh, it, it cracks me up every time i hear that yeah well and then after we get uh the whole Joyce and and Hopper and Hopper yelling at the kids about you know they're they're going off about Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit and getting at each other for that. Hopper's mm-hmm. got to settle everyone down. Then we meet Millie Bobby Brown as Eleven, and this is where a lot of the intrigue that I heard of from this show started because we got a lot of the kind of E.T. vibes with kids and their camaraderie, and we've kind of seen certain dynamics at play before. But Eleven, just kind of everyone was wondering, where are you going with this? What's happening? This is the, the person that can really make things interesting and special about this show. Um, and she goes into this restaurant, is owned by 
uh, Benny, who sees her stealing fries and says, all right, no, we're not doing this. Um, oh, wait, you actually look like an abused child, so maybe beating you up isn't the thing that I should be doing. Let, let's get you some food. Let's take care of you. And before the show, I was going off about, God, I wonder, Benny, have I seen him in anything? And it turns out I've seen him in basically every single thing I've ever seen. Okay, maybe that's not entirely true. Okay, so he plays one of the main, or, or uh, Toby in This Is Us. I don't know if anyone has seen that show. No, Sorry, I've been, sleep, I've been sleeping on that show. It's on my list of things to watch. You're never watching it. Um, <laughs> it's on your list. <laughs> he plays Taserface in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Okay, I, I do. Oh, is that him? That. Yeah. I never would have guessed that. I do remember No, not at all. But the one that you definitely have heard is he's done, he did the voice for the camel in the Geico commercials that goes hump day. No shit. No. That's that guy. What? And yeah. they kill him out of here. Wow. And they and they kill him in the first episode. They kill him off that quick. Man. Nope. You, you could have had a badass phrase in the show. And, and and the hump day camel. <laughs> hey, for the one so, yeah, episode, you did a real good job. Of, that's why I was kind of losing my mind in the front like, wait a minute. This this guy's been in a lot of things. Uh it definitely starts things going with uh, the Eleven character arc. Is she's not really speaking. He calls social services. She has a tattoo on her arm, which right away you know that something is terribly wrong. If anybody has a tattoo that looks like that, that's just numbers. Especially if it's a child. There is something terribly, terribly wrong. And then one of the social uh, workers gets there, and it's not actually a social worker. It's one of the shady government people. Shoots Benny dead. And uh, then Eleven goes and runs into the woods. Oh, I want to back up a little bit, though. I want to back up because before that, they did mention when we had the second shot of, I guess, the I guess head antagonist, Dr. Brenner. Um, because yes. they, they they go through like the whole full on hazmat suit, and they go see this whatever that beating weird ass organic crap was on the walls. Oh and, yeah, I have no like what was that? Yeah, that was like for Ronnie T Run. Um, but they mentions like, oh, where's the girl? And I'm like, okay, like no, me me who's seen bits and pieces, like I realize, okay. That's probably eleven they're talking about here, um, but like for the fact that like um, no they, they were tapping the lines. I'm like oh like no they're obviously after her for some reason, and she's now connected to this thing that's out there. Um, so it's definitely uh, very interesting on that. Nick, what were your first thoughts on the eleven storyline? Because again, you're coming into this thing. <laughs> Brand new. <laughs> and this is definitely the most bizarre element of these first few episodes. Yes, yeah. So I mean, I, I can tell you that my first thought was, you know, seeing her in the lab and then seeing her just like right in the middle of the woods. Uh, that was probably 
as as confusing as it was shocking because i was like like who who's this bitch like like who like like who's who's this girl in this lab that's like has like that's killed some of the uh kinetic abilities so i'm like is that the first thing you went to what oh yeah yeah kinetic yeah like that that i'm neither confirming nor denying i mean it seems like it you know, she, I don't, did, I don't know. she did stop the fan, but it just, it, you know. Oh, yeah, her, I forgot about the fan. That's the first glimpse of like, okay, she can she can do some special things. Right, right. So like just her whole vibe is like it's it's so mysterious. But, you know, seeing her seeing her kind of interact with everybody is just like, oh, like something's definitely up with you. That's just. That's just kind of my thing. It's like it, it's so mysterious that like I almost, I almost don't have that much of an opinion because like there's so much still to like, you know, learn learn about her because I literally know nothing <laughs> about her. So, well, speaking of that, you've also got the Steve and Nancy storyline that they introduce kind of briefly in the first episode here, and it doesn't really seem like it plays into all of the other things that are happening with the missing kid and 11. And I I know that it plays into other stuff, but in episode one, it kind of just feels like, all right, get back to the other things, even though I know you're introducing characters and setting up kind of who they are as people. And Nancy's the, you know, the studious, the studious uh, girl and, Steve's just trying to get it in. <laughs> I thought it was yeah. very good that, like, honestly, and I thought it was very much a a good setup piece, in my opinion, because of the fact that you start start seeing the dynamics between, especially with um, Mike's Mike's and Nancy's family, because of the fact that, like, my first impression, like, at the dinner table was like, oh, Mike's dad's a dick, like, no, Mike's dad is useless. Act. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's just nothing. He is literally like the a plank of wood would have yes. more integral value to that family than Mike's dad. Does. He is more concerned with setting up that TV properly than anything else in that house. Exactly. That was the most. That's the thing. And you know, I, I think in Literally season true. one, as far as I can even remember, is the thing he does the most passionately is just, yeah, come on, just smack the shit out of the TV. And like that's but a like stereotypical that, dad for that time frame. Is the dad worked, came home, and did nothing, and did not a damn thing. <laughs> Whereas the mom, she was just all over the place trying to handle things. Mike's being a little shit to his sister, and the dad could not be bothered about anything. It's not a great show for dads so far. Between Lonnie and whatever the hell, Ted, I think was his name. Lonnie and Ted, you either got someone who's is completely absent and out of the picture for somebody who might as well be absent and out of the picture with <laughs> as much as he contributes. Maybe not financially. I'm sure he has a job. They have a pretty nice house, but that, that man is a complete void of personality. Hey, it's a nice He's house from 1980. Yeah. A fantastic house from useful as the grandfather from, like, Willy Wonka. Hey... <laughs> He could eventually go to the chocolate I mean, factory. Grandpa Joe. So, 
God, that that really does piss me off, though. That just four-person bed. They've just been sitting there for like 30 years, and he just goes, you know what? I can get up now. I can, uh, he didn't say I can get up now. That fucker jumped out of bed with joy. <laughs> did a somersault. Singing <laughs> and everything. Asshole, I can walk. He just oh. conveniently found his knees. Just it's like that, that like that subplot in The Dark Knight Rises where it's just like, oh, we got a magic knee brace. All right, and you're Batman again. <laughs> you're Batman. <laughs> Except Grandpa Joe just didn't even have that. No. No, I guess no. I could have left bed the whole time. <laughs> also, but, very much but, um, with the the kids in the radio, the ham radio, man, I, I like I, they pulled that sucker out. I'm like, oh my god, they so are like 80s. the nerdiest of nerds. <laughs> it's the most like Spielberg Goonies type of vibe. Yeah, That's exactly what they so, were going you get for. So many classic movies vibed into this this show just from the first episode between it. The Goonies. I mean, you get the truffle shuffle reference when those asshole bullies relate to Dustin. Hey, do the arm thing. Do the arm thing. Dustin clearly doesn't want to do it. Same thing with Goonies. Truffle oh, shuffle. Shit. I didn't even catch on to that. <laughs> and, and you can definitely see throughout throughout the episodes how many 80s movie references that the Duffy They mentioned going to, to see Poltergeist. Yes. Mm-hmm. Another great movie. Which I still have yet to see. I need to watch that this month good for for october that's that's one that i need to get in get it go ahead and not just add to the list but get it off of the list <laughs> which is the most difficult part of the list in general uh yeah and then at the end 11 running through the woods i don't even know if they didn't show her running through the woods as far as i remember she just pops up when the kids are looking for will like almost like a jump scare. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then yeah. we get that. By the way, I would be worthy of a slap in the face, if not more, if I did not mention just how excellent Stranger Things intro is. It sets the mood perfectly. It is one of my favorite intros for a show in TV history. TV history, damn! I never skip it. It, it always slaps. sets the it always sets the mood perfectly, especially when you're watching it at nighttime, and the red light just kind of overtakes your whatever room you're watching it. Oh, it's perfect. I love it. I, I would make an argument for Game of Thrones having the best entrance, but I do agree. I didn't Game say it was the best. I said it was one of the best. And actually, uh, I don't really care for the Game of Thrones intro. You shut your mouth. No, I'm, I'm not going to do that. It's it's not bad. It's just not not special. Only saw season it's one. <laughs> you Wait, are the what's worst. that? <laughs> Only saw season one of Game of Thrones. You you are the worst. I've seen the first two seasons no. of Game of Thrones. No, Tommy. And then he, he I is, got to watching it. Let me guess, Connor. Did you skip ahead and watch halfway through season seven and eight and say, "Oh, I know enough to get by"? I just saw enough on Twitter. I'm like, I'm not bothering with this. <laughs> Which you—that's what happened to me. Everything I heard about the last season was horrific, and so I just stopped watching the show and I haven't come back. And it's been four years and. 
I've watched House of the Dragon. That's been solid. I've enjoyed that. But Game of Thrones just had a, such an ending that and I, I know specifics about it. It's dumb as hell. I'm never going to watch more because of how it ends. <laughs> and I know I'm probably missing a lot of good TV, but you know, maybe don't end your uh maybe don't end your seasons with Starbucks cups and dumb choices. Hey, sometimes Starbucks Mommy. is life. <laughs> no, but Starbucks was not life back in medieval times. Vikings weren't like, you know what? Before I go rape and pillage, can I have a venti mocha? Like, no, that <laughs> wasn't. Gotta get that mocha frappuccino. You know what it is. Exactly. Hell yeah. <laughs> can I get a cake pop to go? These discussions weren't happening, Tommy. Just like in, so, if in Stranger Things, someone said, "Ah, I need a flashlight," and they whipped out their iPhone, it wouldn't quite well, that... fit. That Tommy. is one thing I do appreciate about this show is having it set in the 80s. I feel like it's that perfect time frame where technology doesn't defeat the show. Because I can't tell you how many shows I've watched now where they just, when they're having phone conversations, they have to put the little text messages up on the screen so you see what they're typing. I hate that so much. I hate it. Whereas in this show, you at least get them using the radios all the time. It's like you see them having a bit of communication issues a lot. And that will become a recurring theme within the show is them relying on their radios to talk to each other. And I love it. There's no plot holes to be filled with a simple fucking text message up on screen. Let me ask, how do we do we want to rate grade? How do how do you want to do this? I don't know what you had in mind, Tommy. To rate the show or the episode? I mean, obviously, you can't rate the show well, just I yet. I can't, yeah, I can't rate the show. Man, this is the best show I've ever so, seen in my life. All right, tie in, tie in our tangent. <laughs> tie in our tangent of shows we haven't finished. If you were not required to because of this podcast, Connor and Nick, would you continue watching the show after the first episode? Did, yeah, did you want to first one or me? I'll go. Yeah, I definitely would. I definitely like gauge my interest. Um, it, to me, again, for me, it's like starting shows is always tough for me. But once I start a show and it does hook me, I'm I'm in. And definitely, this definitely had the because I never I never seen episode one ever in my life, even though I've seen other episodes. But but definitely, if I saw it what seven years ago, I'm like, yeah, I probably would be a lot more where you two are. Where you know, I probably would have been more much more religious on it. Yeah. yeah. So for for me, I think uh, I think I would continue it. I think if uh, you know if we were doing this like a couple years ago, I'd probably say no because I don't really watch many horror related things. It's it has absolutely zero to do with the fact that you know anything scares me in that nature because I know it's a show. But you know, just the the genre itself, I I, I wasn't really into. Um, all that much so a couple years ago i wouldn't even give it a thought but now that i've kind of slowly gotten into it more and more um i I could definitely you know see myself keep watching it and and it's interesting you say that with horror what mitchell what would you classify this show as because i wouldn't say horror it's the first episode i think there's some horror there's some horror coming 
but right yeah. now I would say more of like a science fiction type of thing. Because they, they really do a good job of combining multiple different genres into the show, which is why I think it was such a successful show, because it appeals to all the audience. You have the romance and drama section with the whole um, relationship stuff on the side. You have the sci-fi. Yeah. <laughs> you have the sci-fi aspect. You have the art, the horror aspect. I mean, shit, the first scene of the show is like straight out of a horror monster movie. That's right. about as horror as it gets for this episode, or at least the most horror-ish aspect, apart from just Will trying to avoid whatever's coming after him. No. And apart from that, it's much more of a, uh, I don't want to say a crime drama, because that makes it sound a lot more serious than it is, but... The word looking for is suspense. That's that's what it is, that's, because of the yeah. fact that it's always, it's always looming. And it's more so how the like right now you're seeing how each character is interacting with it. You can see how, you know, Mike's family is like, no, stay home, while his <laughs> friends are like, fuck that, no. no. Mike's like, mom <laughs> is like, stay home. Mike's well, the, dad the, the, is like, a piece of paper in the window. Whatever, whatever mom says. I do. I look yeah. like I care. Oh, that's a classic dad answer. Oh, what did your mother say? Yeah, listen, <laughs> listen to your mother. She's she's your mother. Yeah, <laughs> but like you see, the whole dynamic of everybody is around, uh, wrapped around this suspense that you're seeing, and you no, know, you see like the interaction. You no, know, Mike bringing it up back with Lucas, like on the radio, like you no, know, Will said, he, he like with you no know, time to the D and D game. They're talking about like, oh, he chose Firebolt. He will. He was doing the sacrifices for himself for his D and D party. He's like, "Let's go," because he would have done the same thing for us. And he was right. And they, they both were all in on that. You know, also getting um, Dustin with them as well. Um, but yeah, I thought it was like, I, and then you see with um, Jim Hopper. You know, it's more so his interaction to Spence. Like, oh, at first he's like, hey, "It's probably another small town thing," and then. Once he sees the bike in the side, uh, the bike on the side of the road is like, okay, there might be something here. But when he goes into the back shed, where he's like, there's bullets on the table. There's no gun here that should be a gun. Something's up with the search party. And that's when it kind of flips in my mind with him as a character, where it's like, shit, there's something going on here. I need to look into this. All right, really you want to rate this on a scale of one to ten, uh, A plus to F minus scale. Plus Does everyone want to do their? Okay, I, I think that allows for a lot more. Ri I I might do a a letter grade for the season once that's done, but I think a number scale is a lot more fitting for episode to episode. So let's let's get the uh, the Stranger Things rookie started here. Connor, go next. Oh, I'll go first then. Uh, I'll say eight and a half. Oh wow, coming eight. strong. Yeah, I thought, was, I, strong. I thought it was a good yeah. episode. Like, I again, it was again, especially the first episode. I'm assuming that was their pilot as well. Like, it's enough to make me want to see more. And that's like you're setting up plot lines, and I think they did that very well. Where you're interested where it's going to go. I would agree with that. I think uh, I think it definitely kept me engaged enough. I think for a grade, I would probably give it a seven, uh, seven, seven out of ten um, for for a pilot episode um, to to keep me hooked enough. Um, 
you know there were there were parts of it that were you know kind of confusing to me but i kind of understand that given the fact that i literally knew nothing about it until yesterday <laughs> so um you know that's that's probably the the main reason why i give it that great is because like there's so many you know thoughts about like what the hell is going to happen that you know for for one episode for for what i you know for what i saw i I thought I thought it was good. I thought it was enough to keep me entertained, and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens in the next episode. Tommy, I I would give it an eight as well. I mean, it did a great job with setting up pretty much all the major characters of the show really nicely. They set up the stakes for the show. They have suspense throughout the whole episode. Not many shows can pull that off really well, all in a forty-five minute episode, and. I thought it did a really good job doing that. So definitely an eight. All right. So we've got Connor with an eight and a half, Nick with a seven, Tommy with an eight. One thing you're going to notice with me during this series is I'm going to be a little bit more precise. Fine. So I'm going to give it an 8.21. What the hell? Nice, Mitchell. That's where we're going with this. Um, oh I agree God. with <laughs> Hey man, I like to be precise. So, I, so you I know, let me ask you this: What would make okay. it 8.22? As the scientist here, there's a difference between accuracy <laughs> and precision. <laughs> a scientist, we're not. Going I totally for am. Accuracy, we're going for precise. Connor, as our as our group scientist, can you set boundaries on the ridiculousness of our grading scales? <laughs> I think to a, I think to a. Second decimal, the first decimal point is fine. Don't even go with right. two decimal points. Mitchell, you need to adjust yeah. your score. <laughs> you need to adjust. Uh, you're right. It, you're, that's fine. It is It is adjusted to 8.21. I'm not adjusting a damn thing. Oh, you five. And I'll I'm tell you what it, it could have, I'll tell you what it could have done to get, to get some extra points. I think that we could have, I would have liked to have seen just a little bit more with Hopper. I think that that's a character that we get a glimpse of. Again, it is nice to have a concise episode of 46 minutes. That's that's something that I think that the first season does better than any other season. But you are interested. You do want to come back as it is referenced by both of our uh both of our new guys to the series given grades above a three and a half out of five. I guess that's doing like a conversion chart nick gave a seven connor gave an eight and a half so those are both good grades those are definitely both hey especially connor given the highest out of all of them uh for someone who has seen bits and pieces this this isn't going to have you disappointed you're going to want to come back and that's exactly make an excel what, we'll do. what? Yeah. make an excel doc so we can track everything uh yes, i just had a idea. piece of paper but that works too you know i'm an excel so. boy you simple i oh i love excel too i just figured out actually give you my attention when you gave your your review instead of trying to open up documents and such but i, I see I how that extends one last one last thing before we wrap up this show season one predictions Connor and Nick, since obviously you are the two who have not seen the show, just for season one, 
How do you think the show is going to play out? Season one, to be completely honest. So I can't spoil really things for you guys. Yeah. How do I think season one is going to play out, man? And this is something we can play back and listen to after the season is over and see how ridiculous you sound. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Like, Nick, oh, predicting Chuck Norris to come in. <laughs> so some, so no. some sample questions to throw out there. What is the monster? What is Eleven? Is Will dead or alive? Yeah. How does it all yeah. play out? I guess I I guess my initial prediction without like overthinking it too much is that um I think and look I I could be so wrong and that's totally fine but I I think I think Will will be found somewhere I have no idea as to where that would be whether it's in an actual place or like some crazy like dimension since it's like like sci-fi but um i would say that he gets found and um i don't know maybe maybe 11 kind of tears up some government officials who knows connor um controllers going down i won't say anything about will because the fact that i already you know i have some insight again previous episodes so i won't say anything about that one um but i will say that definitely looks like a I'm, I'm definitely intrigued how 11 is going to interact with the other three kids because you no know, they're looking for will and then this random uh, girl who shows up with buzz cut hair and a nursing gown comes up um so it looks like a very much a us versus the world kind of situation of because every scene with the parents before with uh at least with mike um that like they don't they, their, their care at the moment isn't a lot and no kind of like oh we're gonna have to take care of us ourselves we have this random girl who i'm assuming they're gonna realize that she has uh, telekinetic powers and yeah they want to fight the government and also probably hunt down or figure out the hell's going on um i'm definitely curious how like jim hopper is going to work with the kids if he's actually going to be like supporting them or trying to keep them like more of a conflict like they have the same they're trying to re- reach the same goal at the same time that no they're also conflicting with each other and i think that'd be a really interesting dynamic that they, that can play out okay fair enough all right well we shall we shall see as uh that'll wrap things up for our commentary of Chapter one, The Vanishing of Will Byers. Next, we have The Weirdo on Maple Street, season one, episode two, coming out next week. Guys, as always, well, I guess I can't say as always, because this is our first time talking about Stranger Things, but I am con- I am looking forward to continuing this discussion and uh, seeing if next week's episode can top the 8.21 grade. Of this week. <laughs> Would you like an average on that? <laughs> I'm excited for uh, you know for that. What is what is the average of our grade? Uh, are you I doing? Can, are you are you doing the math? I can have Excel do the math. And I can be have seven, Mitchell do that'll the be math. that will be a seven point nine two five. A seven point nine two five. Let's go, Mitchell. It's all your fault. 
That's all I your fault. Do, I don't do <laughs> No, but we're going to have very we're going to have very precise grades. Mitchell, at this point we've lost any potential listeners. <laughs> no, I think that if anything people are going to be like, "You know what? I like the guy that's precise." The, the guy that doesn't just go, "Oh, eight. We keep things simple here, okay? We don't we have keep things the, precise. The simple things. Exactly. A simple guy. Oh. This this show is going to get a little bit more complex over time. So people, in, including you, come my way and be a little bit more precise. So come on back for Stranger Nerds Episode 2 next week. Thanks for joining us. You have a fantastic week. And uh, catch Stranger Things if you haven't already.